and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Exposure Network's hub of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Dweller in Darkness and Yandroth. I'm actually hopefully joining me today, Ultimate Kira Marchant. You know, some of these, like, as we've said previously, some of these are just sound like they're being made up. You know, if you, if you haven't dove far enough, it, especially with Doctor Strange, because it's, you know, the name entails, things are strange. But, uh, yeah, definitely. Yandroth, that is, that's added to the list of potentially made up by Ashley. No, definitely not. Let me do my quick search. You have to double check it. It's made up. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. No, he's known as an enemy of the Doctor Strange and the Defenders. Ashley's Uh, just been editing Wikipedia pages, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) He's a humanoid scientist supreme of the other dimensional planet Yan and a would-be conqueror. Wait, there's a sorcerer supreme and a scientist supreme? That's Yeah, a, from this other dimension. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wait, do you reckon in that other dimension, sorcery is the common norm and people don't believe in science and scientists? And so scientists are the sorcerers of that dimension. That's that's an interesting possible, take. Yeah. Also joining us, <laughs> Astonishing Dill Blight. Uh, happy to be here to talk about the one Scott Derrickson-directed Marvel movie and how Ooh. sad I am that he's not doing the second one. Yeah, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, as we talk about this week's MCU rewatch film, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice years of it. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Careful which path you travel down, Strange. Stronger men than you have lost their way. Uh, released in 2016, directed by Scott Derrickson, written by John Spate, Scott Derrickson, C. Robert Cargill, based on Doctor Strange by Stanley and Steve Ditko, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Stuart Edgeford, M- Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wan, Michael Stuhlbarg, Benjamin Bratt, Scott Adkins, Mads Mikkelsen, and Tilda Swinton. In an accident, Stephen Strange, a famous neurosurgeon, loses the ability to use his hands. He goes to visit the mysterious Ancient One to heal himself and becomes a great sorcerer under her tutelage. Uh, Kieran, what did you think of Doctor Strange? Um, It was great. It was really good. Like I've only seen Doctor Strange a handful of times um, since it was released, and I really enjoyed it. I really loved the... I think this time I spent a lot more time appreciating the cinematography of the whole movie. Um, and how it's used for very, uh, very well used for narrative purposes throughout. Um, I think, as many of us people have said, this is a very, um, 
well put together special effects package is a complete kind of nature to it i don't think any of us were expecting a lot of the kind of the dimension changing rift changing aspects of the world that happens so that was really good in the first movie um i really like bendy cumberbatch i think he's great in this movie um as well as all most of the cast is really good um and uh other than it having you know as we were discussing a little while ago about there being a plot hole in winter soldier that refers to stephen strange i worked out in this movie it is definitely a plot hole and it's wrong and i'm not happy about that what's a plot hole hole? well no so in winter soldier in the hydra algorithm where they're like they've picked out like key people that uh threat one of the names that thrown out is stephen strange yeah um which means that they they were by the way the timelines match up it means at that time they were just worried about the sergeant stephen strange being a potential threat to hydra yeah because this healing all these healing all these people Yep, healing, healing everybody, healing all these important the, people who could be against Hydra. Could we get rid of major someone like that? Threat to yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I I think with that it was even minor threats. I think Hydra was just going full bolt. They didn't care how if there was even a little bit of a threat, they were going to take them out because they're Hydra. Man, that's a that's 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 a. Yeah, very, some would say they're an evil organization. They are evil. Yeah, that's a very wide <laughs> net to cast. Very thorough. Yeah. I mean, if they had been thorough, then they would have actually won. But anyway, uh, Dylan, what do you think of Doctor Strange on this rewatch? Uh, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite MCU movies, and I think it's somewhat underrated because of uh, I don't know, really know for what reason. I every so every time I watch this, I'm still just as impressed by the uh, special effects and all that sort of stuff, like the, the mind bending sequences, the fucking Inception buildings turned on their sides, all that sort of stuff. I, I just every time I watch it, I'm like this. I'm like this shit is great. That one sequence where they're um after Mads, whatever his goddamn character name <laughs> name is, uh, Calcius, Cal- Calcium or whatever, <laughs> Calcium Gums, whatever his name is. Uh, when they, he's like chase- when they're chasing them through the t- the New York for that time, that whole sequence is just phenomenal i think I, I i love that so um and as far as like origin story stuff goes i think i just in my book i'd probably rate this one second to iron man as far as like character origin story straight up origin story movies because there are some in the mcu that don't get proper like typical origin stories like i wouldn't i, I wouldn't say black panther is a straight up origin movie or like obviously spider-man didn't get one and like we don't ever, you know, like there's a bunch of characters that never actually got a proper normal origin story. Captain Marvel's one, Iron Man's one. I think this is one, and I think this is of the Iron Man one of the the best ones. Yeah, uh, definitely a visually interesting film. Uh, as I was watching like the final sequence, I'm like, oh, this is where Christopher Nolan got the idea for Tenet. <laughs> the time I sequence. mean, you did Inception. First, I'm I'm pretty sure he's like this film feels like it's somewhat borrowing from from that. So he's like, oh, I'm going to yeah. watch this to see where they copied from me, and then they saw the time reversal segment where people are getting pushed into fish tanks and stuff. Uh, and he's like, yeah, Maybe. I'm going to make an entire art movie about art, that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I saw that moment where the person get pushed into the fish tank, and I, that blew my mind. Like that was like, holy fuck, that's really cool. It's a really great, really thing. scary too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, imagine being that person (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i really enjoyed it i think they did a really great job telling the story of stephen strange and like his growth into 
Doctor Strange. I think maybe it it was a little bit too quick. I don't I don't know what it's the time. It's very rushed in terms of the timeline because the movie starts at twenty sixteen, um, when his initial car accident is and everything, and then apparently it all takes place within a space of a year. Yeah. To match up with like the current events of um, at the time the current of- events of everything going on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, super interesting. Obviously, another big move by Marvel to introduce this whole entire mystical version of the MCU mm. uh, section. So yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty keen. For that's another thing. Like one. in the the scheme of history, this was the first movie to be officially like his straight up magic shit. Yeah, um, and then you know from there we've we've had it played around in other things, including uh, you know Ant Man. They delve a little bit more into um, the quantum verse, quantum verse stuff, which is sort of connected, I guess. But it's it's interesting watching this now, knowing that the upcoming or the what do they call it, uh, what do they call the Marvel chapters, the phase uh, phases, phases. Thank you. Yeah, the current phase we're in with Marvel seems like it's going to be heavily based around um, magic stuff or quantum verse stuff and all, all of that sort of stuff, it seems. If you if you look at it, even with like the freakish successes we discussed on another episode, I don't think WandaVision happens in the f- current form we have it if it's not for this movie taking that first step in this direction. Um, because this is a little bit more kind of not wacky and bizarre and out there, but it is just kind of that opening that door for that potential. It's also wacky, bizarre, and out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, well, yeah, let's, let's jump straight into building the MCU, kicking things off with Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange, debuted in Strange Tales, 110 July 1963, created by Stanley and Steve, Steve Gitko. Uh, I feel like this is a piece of casting where it's like the most obvious answer was the best answer. Uh, obviously, there's very similar elements between Stephen Strange and Sherlock, at least initially. Um, and so it made sense to have Benedict Cumberbatch and he knocks it out of the park. So. They're both assholes. Yeah. Except for Sherlock's always an asshole. So I don't... <laughs> that's yeah, like, then, though, like, the fact that... Like, one of my... One of my the, the moments that I always remember and really like is him um, projecting himself astrally to kind of give advice about his own... Uh, medical procedure back to Rachel McAdams. I'm like, that's that's just kind of not only showing his own kind of arrogance, but um, his superiority complex when it comes to the things he excels in. Um, but also having that added level of, okay, but now he's not only does he have, is he really smart, but now he has powers and the understanding of the world to kind of push that even further. Yeah, definitely. So. I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that... Bendik does a fantastic job playing. There's kind of two versions of the character in the one movie to a degree. Like you yeah. have the you have the the Doctor Stephen Strange, like the actual Doctor Stephen Strange to start with, who's the the man who's just out to be rich and famous, and you know, like he he's happy to help out. I think the, the important thing the Star's movie does is it shows you that he's an asshole while also giving you that at least one scene where he helps someone to show that he's not completely void of um. Humanity, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they give you a, enough there so that he's when he eventually comes through to being the straight up like superhero Doctor Strange character, it's not like oh well, where the fuck did that come from? It's like okay, well he's uh, underneath it all. You could imagine that maybe when he started med school, he was out 
I want to help people. I want to, you know, like I'm starting this for all the right reasons. And then you could understand how he's got to the stage where he was so good at it, uh, the the fame and money or whatever of it all kind of got to him. Like you can kind of track that in that first 20 minutes, I feel, with, with what they show you and that sort of stuff. Even just um, the general storytelling around him in like kind of whatever and some of the cinematography of how much time of this movie is spent focusing on his hands. Even in the first like kind of five, ten minutes of this movie, it is kind of opening up with him um, like washing his hands and taking care as doctors do. But then um, there's lingering shots on his hands. There's him selecting a watch to go on his wrists and everything to do with his hands like it is. Um, And then the kind of following from his accident, the time spent looking at his hands either in what state they're in or what kind of progress like even the closing moments of the actual movie itself uh, before the several billion post-credit scenes roll like it's shown his hands and what state they're in post to uh post to everything happening um i also i'd say for that crash i remember watching it for the first time and i was i was shocked how brutal they allowed that crash to be like i I remember when it just happened, it was kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a jump scare when it, when it happens for the first time and you, you, you're not expecting it. Uh, even though you know something's going to happen eventually, I, it, the first time watching it, I'd certainly was, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then just the fact that it all slows down and you see his hands go inside the, the dashboard there and then everything like crumbles and crushes around it. It's, it's rather brutal for a Marvel movie, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess that comes from or Scott Just Darrison any movie. Being, I don't think I've seen a car well, crash yeah. quite like that. No, I think that comes from Scott Darrison being a horror director and yeah. wanting to to push the envelope a little bit of what he could sort of get away mean, with here. But The movie starts out with somebody getting straight up decapitated, even though you don't see the actual decapitation, but you do no see blood. the silhouette <laughs> yeah. and everything and the blood happening of it, which is not really something that happens in Marvel movies. Um, which, it's always yeah. a weird thing, though. Like, if there's no blood, it's peaking. It's fine. If yeah. there's blood... It's in. Like, you know, like, it's a weird, like, thing there. But, yeah, so, like, I love him at the start and how well he plays that role. And then you have that sort of part of, I guess it's three points for for his acting because then you've got the time in between where, you know, he's a, he's a man that's sort of, you know, losing all his money for spending everywhere to try and save his hands. He's becoming an ultra asshole, recluse, obsessed with, you know, trying to save save himself. Mm. And uh, all of that is certainly a lot different than how you see him play out at the start of the movie. And then when you get into him actually being the confident uh, magician, whatever we, <laughs> what, uh, magic sorceress. user, what, sorceress, that's it. That's there we it. Go. Yeah. Sorceress, uh, confident sorceress that we come to see throughout the rest of the MCU. Um, he does such a phenomenal job as, as that as well because what it's he carries over the confidence from the Doctor role at the start, I guess, but it's a little bit different. It's It's less... It's less confidence because I'm smarmy and I'm really good at being a doctor and I'm gonna I'm gonna make jokes about the other guy who who tells me I can't do this operation. You know, like coming across cocky with all that. Yeah. Whereas the confident sorceress is just him being confident in his own abilities, but for all the right reasons, I guess. Like yeah. And even with that confidence, he still has several moments of fuck this, I do not want to be a part of this. Like I like he has the a moment inside time, yeah. the <laughs> New York sanctuary where he realizes, you know, just what level things are happening and he's like no this isn't me like this isn't what i should be doing right now yeah. like, he's yeah. fighting for his life he has to kill someone he's like i just wanted magic to save my hands guys like <laughs> <I'm gonna> start <laughs> is that such a big a, request yeah i don't want to start this goddamn war but yeah great uh next up we've got 
Chiwetel Ejiofor as Carl Mordo, uh, debuted in Strange Tales 111, August 1963, created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Uh, I thought this was a really good interpretation of Carl Mordo. Uh, in the comics, he's much more of just a straight-up bad guy, uh, whereas in this, they built him... They clearly built him to be, like, a villain for the sequel. Uh, the only thing I would be concerned is they did the same thing to Crossbones, and they'll probably got to do the same kind I of thing. I think he's only going to be a minor villain, though. I don't think he's going to... Not with... Now that we know the scale of... Or, or we've been interpreting the scale of what the next Doctor Strange mm. movie is, I don't see him being a big enough villain for that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do appreciate the way they built him up in this, because... Presenting him as a quote unquote good guy or somebody who's working with the ancient one, but setting him as having steadfast values of the natural law and following their code and following the rules. And when kind of everything gets ripped out from under him and she sees that the ancient one's so willing to break all the rules and to tap into the dark things to to empower herself, that doesn't compute for him. And when Doctor Strange bends time and, and kind of breaks the rules around time, he just can't compute with these people doing bad well what he sees as bad to for good outcomes um so it, it's just kind of an interesting and i really like his build-up for becoming a villain in this i think it's a it's a very interesting one but yeah i, I think he's only going to be a side villain in the up-and-coming one or a minor one at least mm. yeah i think he, he's really good this movie i like how likable he is for the uh, the majority of the movie especially that first part where he's you know he's the one that lets Doctor Strange back in, you know, he like he straight away as an audience you're like, this guy's the good guy. He's gonna he's gonna help out our, our mate out here. He's gonna let him into the building. Yeah, he has like that real great joke about what is it? It's what it's a Wi Fi password, but not animals. Like you know, like <laughs> savages or whatever. Like there's there's so many great parts for him. Uh I I I personally think that the jump from being like, oh, she's, she's ancient one taps into dark powers. Like him being upset about that makes sense, but I still have always felt that the the jump from that to well, I'm gonna go around and I'm gonna steal magic from everyone and t- take away this guy who's using his magic to make himself be able to walk again. I'm gonna steal like it's just a very big jump that I I've. Well, I've s- I think his his interpretation is the fact of well, okay, so there's natural laws and sorcerers have the ability to break those natural law. To stop them from further continuing to break it, we need to like minimize the amount of sorcerers yeah. there. And in that, in that after credits, he goes, oh, "I've been thinking about it, and the solution is, or whatever." He's like, "The problem is, there's too many sorcerers, or whatever." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. I don't know." Like, this, he, 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 I, I'm keen to see him return again. As just as we're saying, it wouldn't really. It's he's not going to be in the next movie. Well, assuming he's not, because it'd be quite weird given the scope and everything. I, I still think they could have him come back for Doctor Strange three, or even. If they're like, fuck it, instead of doing a Doctor Strange movie after that, they could, why not do a six episode Doctor Strange miniseries yeah, or even yeah. like some sort of um, uh, event series where it includes a lot of the more magical characters of the MCU and uh, he's the villain of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would make he's sense. He's got as potential a, for, for yeah. something else like yeah, a like magical we, serial we, killer thing. Yeah. Now that we have Disney Plus, it's it's like we, we can think outside the box of or how's he fit into the next movie? You can go, well, they yeah. can do a series, you know. Definitely. Uh, then we've got uh, Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, who debuted, debuted in Night Nurse number 1, November 1972, created by Gene Thomas, uh, Wynne Mortimer. 
Uh, is she any more than the love interest in this? Or? No, that's all no. she is. <laughs> she is uh, about this, probably lesser than Natalie Portman was in the first Thor movie in terms of just kind of she's there when Doctor Strange goes over there and nothing else. There's no real plot for her or anything else I, for that. I will say I appreciate that they never actually have any sort of like they tease that they had a romance obviously but i think it helps that they never had the a scene of them getting back together or anything because it, it kind of just just leave her as and i think maybe if it hadn't have been such a big name actress you would have been more like okay whatever she's just a side character but because it is such a big name actress yep. you're like is that all she did in the movie really you know like it makes you question her character a lot more yeah i mean she saved his life yeah but she's times. not even really a love interest she's like a past love interest who's in the movie <laughs> to yeah. a degree, you know, like I think her sole reason to be in there is to see uh, have someone from her his past life see the yeah. development he's made. Uh, well, she's in- integral for several scenes, but other than that, <laughs> the hospital scenes. Yeah, uh, and apparently Truck? she's coming back for the next one, so hopefully, I don't know what she'll do in the next one. Don't know. I know. Is By the way, go- she's is he coming over nightmares. in between. When he's staying at the Santum Sanctorum? Maybe. Uh, her, um, from Night Nurse comic, does that mean she was the original Night Nurse? Like, the same character there's, that Rosario like, Dawson plays in? There's three Night Nurses, apparently. Okay. Yes. I don't yeah. I've, never read, I've never read or looked up anything no, about yeah. the Night Nurses, though. No. So, uh, probably those Night Nurses were very different to that Rosario? Yeah, I would imagine. Because it was probably just a series, from memory, it was just a series about nurses. Actual nurses okay. who just worked in a hospital. Okay. Yeah. So, is that? But yet, Benedict Wong as Wong debuted in Strange Tales, 110 July 1963, credited by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Uh, fantastic. Really fun. Uh, you know, he's got great banter with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's great. So, yeah. Yep. He's gotten better in every appearance since. There's that part towards the end of the movie where he finally cracks cracks up laughing about a joke. That's that's a that highlight of the movie, yeah. I think. That's a, a great scene, you know. Uh, there's a one part where he's listening to the iPod, listening to Beyonce Lady Gaga or Beyonce, whoever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah, that's also I great. I do yeah, enjoy he, that scene. <laughs> what a great joke. Cumberbatch is just listing Stealing the one name two people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cher, Bono, Adele. I'm do, I do, the thing for me was, I guess, I, did, I thought he was in this movie a lot more than he actually is um which isn't a bad thing it's just um yeah it's, it's interesting to see how his character grew on people and a lot of people really appreciate him and dr strange's relationship even though we've had not that much of it not a lot the yeah. grand scheme of things it's just this and the start of infinity war hmm. yeah keen for him to come back uh and then even though she's probably not going to be but she does appear in one other film uh tilda swinton as the ancient one who debuted in Strange Tales 110, July 1963, created by Stanley and Steve Ditko. Um, obviously, a lot of controversy when it was initially announced, uh, but I feel like this is one that's kind of aged well, especially Tilda Swinton's obviously a very uh, odd actress. <laughs> uh, you know, she's not like a cookie cutter, you know, off the assembly line, she's very unique in her own way, so it makes sense that she would be Dan one and obviously she's really good. She gives a the, interesting performance. The thing with like the whole um the whole order or whatever, it doesn't make it does make sense that 
like you could have anyone, you know, gender, ethnicity, whatever, sort of as the ancient one. Like it's there's no reason. However, I still think it is like it is it is a degree of whitewashing giving that in the the comics. It was it was mostly pro- portrayed as a uh, I feel an like a- a- Asian man. It's interesting because then the other option would be, yeah, that's kind of a very stereotypical. That is the yes, yes, yes. Yeah. that is it's the like problem. oh, an ancient Asian person. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, playing to that. Well, that's so. what they kind of they lead with when he first walks into the yeah. So um, yeah. So, play with it. Yeah, I feel like it would have been cool to cast to to stick with the being uh, uh, Asian person or whatever in, in the role. But then not. But then having him be ultra, like I know. So for example, we're going to talk about that comic later, and I would say reading the way that in the the comic we're going to talk about, reading the way that the ancient ones written wrote in that, uh, they don't talk like your typical stereotypical mm. like ancient, yep. you know, grandmaster or whatever you want to call it. Like they're making jokes and have kind of snappy sort of stuff. So I feel like you could have done that, and it would have sort of broke the stereotypical thing, but. I mean, I, I certainly don't re- let it ruin is, the movie had, for me, so I, I don't know. You could have just broke the stereotype by having it as a younger Asian person, male or female. And, yeah. like, the the age is just explained because of their um, adoption of the Dark Worlds and the um, and uh, Dumami's kind of magics um, be the reason that they're so young. Like, I still think that works fine. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed her in the film, so I didn't. It's not too much of a concern, but yeah. Uh, and of course, she shows up later. Uh, yeah. Stan Lee's hiding for this episode. Lee appears as a bus rider reading Aldous Huxley's The Doors of Perception while laughing that he is reading is hilarious, oblivious to the battle between Doctor Strange, Mordo, and Casalius and his followers. It's fine. He shows up for like five seconds for a gag. This, this... This was the time I think where James Gunn shot like four of, I think it was this was the, like the first one of the like James Gunn shot, shot like four of these things in a row or something with Stan Lee. Yeah, that was like nearly all because they were getting worried about his health or whatever at the time. So I think this was I remember reading and then watching it and this I'm like okay like, this is the one yeah, or whatever. But, that, that would have been an easy one to like shoot. So, yeah, yeah. His best uh, one. We'll talk about next we'll week. We'll talk about honest, next week. Say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's been just Dan's Lee sighting for this week. Uh, but swinging off that, how do we feel? All feel about Mads Mikkelsen in this film? Uh, yeah, I love Covered it. I love it. I, look, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a big Mads fan, so yeah. I'm a little bit biased. I pretty pr- pretty much you can put Mads in anything, and I'll probably like it to some degree. Uh, I think, like on the paper, the villain is kind of a cookie cutter like oh well i'm gonna bring the the bad demon thing into our world because i think it's good blah blah like it's not it's not a super interesting villain however i think the thing that he does to make the the role stand out is between his performance and the some of the jokes they write for him like having that one scene of who are you strange or a doctor doctor you know like all that sort of back and forth adds a lot of personality to the role which if they hadn't had that and they had hadn't they hadn't have had Mads deliver it the way he did. It kind of would have come across almost like um, what's his fa- Lee Pace in uh, the original guns, yeah, the original, yeah, yeah, like s- sort of a just straight up, Bad like dude. no humor, nothing, just villain type thing, yeah, yeah. All I right, it was possible. Like I didn't think he was 
given really much time to develop or anything like that like kind of the second half of the movie kind of runs at such a high pace that it's just there's yeah. not much time to dwell on that or to develop him anymore yeah all right uh karen what's your most marvelous moment of dr strange I really love the um, astral projection moment between um, Doctor Strange and the um, Ancient One before she dies. I really like that, um, the discussion they have on time and the projection of death and her beliefs in him, as well as having just like that kind of scenery of the lightning's flash with the helicopter flying past and the understanding of this is a single moment being stretched out so far because... This is her final moment and she is kind of stretching it out as long as she can before she accepts death and disappears and allows herself to die. Um, that I, I find really interesting and I really love the discussion the two characters have. Mm, definitely. Really good scene. Uh, Dylan, what's your most marvellous moment? Uh, I think I it before, but it's just that it is the New York action scene. The, the chase running away from the calcius or whatever and his goons before yeah all the buildings and stuff it's just so good like way ahead it still looks five years later and the shit's still just so exciting to watch some of it's so many moving pieces that part where they're running along and then you get all these buildings coming up next to them and like pathways i don't know it's 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 insanity it is insanity uh i'm gonna go the climax of them in uh hong kong uh bending time backwards uh looks incredible uh with like cars and stuff coming from them behind them uh, just missing their heads and shit and all kinds of stuff so yeah i thought it was really put together a visually interesting scene um that obviously leads up to the major climax of the film how do we feel about the ending of uh them of dr strange figuring out how to defeat them by making a bargain going to dormammu and wanting to bargain I think uh, it's him accepting failure, which is a really good... Um, I like it because, yeah, so far we've seen all the way through this movie that he just doesn't accept failure. He doesn't take... he didn't When he was a surgeon, he didn't take surgeries that he thought he would fail at. Um, he just wanted success. And when the fact that it was the fact that he accepted failure and he was prepared to lose every single time for an eternity... Um, to kind of save the world, I think it's a very well well met and po- poetic kind of ending. Um, I remember actually not loving the ending the first time I watched it, but then every other time after, I've enjoyed it more. I mean, my problem originally was going, well, this whole movie just talks about Dormammu or whatever, um, as you know, being this big evil thing, and I kind of hated how somewhat easy he was outplayed, but. Every time I've, the the couple times I've watched the movie after that initial watch, I've I've enjoyed it a lot more and just how much it shows for Doctor Strange as a character, like how the fact he's willing to go through that and just die a thousand million times forever as much as necessary to save uh, Earth, you know. So that just says a lot about him, and it is a rather funny scene as, uh, as well. Some of the deaths and, and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting take on that, obviously. Uh, yeah, kind of plays it more into the time thing and uh, definitely sets it. I feel like that, to a certain extent, is also setting up the time stone for Infinity War and what that can potentially do. But yeah, uh, really good. Uh, let's talk about the comics recommendation for this week. I picked 
uh, Doctor Strange Season 1, or as it's been rebranded as uh, Doctor Strange Strange Origins, uh, written by Greg Park, uh, penciled by Emma Ramos. Uh, so this Season 1 uh, line was originally uh, launched as like a introduction to all the different characters, like an origin story, uh, much like Year 1 has become a thing over at uh, DC. Um, so it's pretty much Doctor Strange going up to find the ancient one to try and get his hands healed and then he kind of gets roped into becoming a student because that's how you uh learn to get your hands healed um and then he meets wong who's a brash apprentice as well uh and they end up going on a mission to collect these three rings of power that need to be destroyed because they do i i read this late at night and i was struggling <laughs> i feel like maybe if i go back and reread it I would enjoy it more, but I don't know. It just didn't click for me. But uh, I believe Dylan, you really dug this one. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not head over heels in love with it, but I certainly enjoyed reading it. I, I it wasn't clicking for me at the start because it seemed like there was a few action scenes early, or in the first like thirty or so pages, or at least like magic, or just like like when he meets the agent one for the first time, they're doing the whole like him showing Doctor Strange like the the powers or whatever. I wasn't really enjoying the illustrations of that. And I would say my one big negative of it is that there's a lot of the illustrations in the more like hectic things, like the, the fight scenes that I, I wasn't head over heels in love with. But I really enjoyed once it got going into the actual road trip, I started enjoying the, the back and forth, uh, between the, the three core characters. I can't remember who the girl's name is off the top of my head, but between Wong and, um, Strange and this girl who's also on the journey with them and, by the end of it, I enjoyed how they told this sort of story of them having to learn to, to work together as new apprentices and what they go through along the way and stuff like that. And I found it a, a pretty easy easy read and I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kira, did you get to this one? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I always appreciate Stephen Strange's origins in general just because he is an older character when he gets his powers where a lot of, you know, a lot of mm. the um, characters that we have established in Marvel in general are fairly young when they get their powers and they kind of grow up with them. And, and this is, he's always already a very established human being and he's kind of trekked through um, learning and taking on this whole new side of the world is great. Um, it took me a weird, like, I, I don't know why it took me a little bit for uh, Wong to grow on me in this version just because he is so apropos compared to everything else that every other version of Wong I've seen um, that is a lot more like the movie style of character. Um, but I thought it was a really good opening adventure and it's a really good interaction, introduction to Stephen Strange in many ways. Cool. Yeah. So check that one out. Uh, and that brings us to the end of this episode of an all new Marvel cast. Let us know what you thought of the film, Dr. Strange and what you thought of the comics. Uh, Doctor Strange is one, aka Doctor Strange Strange Origins. Let's know your recommendations on Twitter by going to explosion.com slash Twitter, uh, or should go to explosionnetwork.com, check out our news, reviews, podcasts, and everything. Uh, on the next episode of our MCU rewatch, we'll be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another all new Marvel cast. Marvel.